Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter. Hello everyone, and it's really nice to be back. This morning I have a very special guest, Nazreen Majid. She's the editor and an author of one of the chapters from Essential Subject Knowledge for Primary Teaching. And I'm very, very excited to be chatting with her this morning. Live from Naples, this is The Morning Break with Jane Ritter on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Oh, and it's really, really nice to be back. Um, I'm really looking forward to talking with my guests this morning. A little bit of information about Nazreen. Nazreen has been an educator for over 25 years and her career started in primary schools. In addition to being a class teacher, she worked as an advanced skills teacher supporting curriculum development and professional learning in schools. Nazreen's career in higher education includes working with pre-service teachers to develop their skills in climate change and sustainability education and developing primary mathematics knowledge and understanding her current role at UCL is on the MA Education Program, MA in Education, pardon me. Nazreen is an Associate Fellow for UCL Centre for Climate Change and Sustainability Education. This morning, we will be talking not only about the book uh, pu published by uh, Sage Publications, but we'll also be looking, talking about Nazreen's career, and if you are interested, obviously, in, in following this up further, the book is a fantastic resource, particularly for a trainee teacher. As a trainee teacher, you've got a huge amount to grapple with when it comes to developing expertise. And there are, obviously, there's so many suites within the primary national curriculum. And subject knowledge can't really be developed in isolation. It has to be related to curriculum. Nazarene will be talking about the book as we continue our conversation, but just so you know, it's a great resource and it can really, really support you as a teacher. So without any further ado, I've given a brief introduction to Nazarene, but she's going to tell us a little bit more, a lot more about her work. And good morning. <laughs> good morning, Jane. Lovely to have you here with me, Nazreen. Um, I've spoken a little bit about you, um, but I think it would be really nice for our listeners to hear a little bit more about what you do. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here today. Um, I'm delighted to kind of be sharing my work. So um, I'm, I've been in education for 25 years. Um, I trained as a primary school teacher many years ago, more, more years than I care to remember. Um, and um, I, that, that's been my trajectory um, in, in education. I, I, I then went on to um, 
work as an advanced skills teacher. So that was quite early on in my career uh, where I developed kind of a real kind of teaching and learning skills, not just to develop those ideas with my pupils in school, but actually with mainly with teachers to support them with their professional development opportunities, et cetera, as well. So that was quite a powerful opportunity for me to go into leadership, but but not sort of um, the, the traditional ideas of leadership in, in schools as well. Um, my, my journey took me to an international school. So I worked at British School Jakarta for two years. Um, that was the most amazing kind of uh, enriching creative experience for me, uh, where I worked with a, a real diverse range of students, um, uh, not just in the primary setting, actually, but also in secondary. So I taught secondary geography whilst I was there as well. Um, and, 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 you know, th th there's been little kind of episodes um, throughout that that have enabled me to kind of develop my craft as a teacher. So I... Um, I, I specialised in mathematics, um, essentially, in the majority of sort of my career mm. as well. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, uh, when I came back from my international school, I decided to do an MA um, in education and international development at UCL. And that was essentially the springboard for me to pursue an academic career. Um, and I started um, at uh, University of Reading, um, training teachers um, in mathematics, um, pre-service teachers for, for mathematics primary. Um, and, um, and, and through that, my kind of my love of really developing expertise, developing that kind of real critical thinking and that deeper level of insight uh, was born, really, mm. you know, and it was it was sort of galvanized as well. Um, and University of Reading is uh, quite um, an innovative space for uh, climate education. Um, and I decided to, um, you know, bring my undergraduate course, which was a geography course, you know, together um, to um, work in the climate um, change and sustainability space. Um, and the university was doing a, an initiative as, uh, across university interdisciplinary um, ideas around kind of developing climate change and sustainability education. So mm. I got involved in that and um, and that that sort of um, led me to um, kind of the next phase of my career, really. <laughs> yeah. um, and that, that that's where I am today, you know, talking about uh, a chapter that I've written in a in a subject knowledge book um, that I edited, edited which it, I'm really yeah. proud of um, as well. So, what yeah. motivated you to to work on this edition of the the Primary Teachers Now series? So I, I think it's really important to kind of look at the current context. So we're living in a time where knowledge is seen um, in a different way. So we, we've got a range of new lenses to kind of really think about knowledge constructs and knowledge ideas. And I really wanted to kind of have an opportunity to bring together um, experts. And I had some brilliant colleagues who worked on the various chapters that we worked on. Uh, to really kind of critically um, analyze our curriculum content and um, look at it from the, the focus of pre-service teachers, but actually how that progresses into their early um, early careers and beyond as well, but also bringing in the, the critical context of our time. So um, thinking about um, decolonizing the curriculum, that's a really important aspect of kind of critical pedagogies where we need to look at how 
we frame those conversations and not just in a kind of surface level way, for example, of bringing diverse texts in into a classroom for for language learning and language teaching, but actually looking deeper into those ideas um, in a more sophisticated way and perhaps looking at it from each subject lens as well, which is what this book has aimed to do in each chapter as well. But in addition to that, the the, the sort of current um, climate breakdown that we're having um, and and how teachers want to um, think about that and, and frame those conversations. So this book was also an opportunity to add that level of knowledge in um, and 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 pedagogical content um, knowledge um, into into the book so that when anybody picks up the book and looks at a chapter that they, they'll see um, layers of those ideas uh, embedded into the chapters to support them to start having those conversations with their colleagues thinking about their planning and and really sort of um, honing in um, on it in a, in a systematic um, and connected way as well. I mean I think I, mean, I think it's extremely useful and particularly for pre-service teachers um, so, so obviously subjects are vast and what do I really need to focus on? How did you define what was essential and what wasn't? So one of the key um, frameworks um, that I use was really thinking about what knowledge constructs look like and how we define those ideas. So from a from a teacher perspective, when a when a teacher comes in at the starting point of a, of a training um, program, we think about this notion of pure subject knowledge. So this pure knowledge that a, that an individual needs to have in one particular area of the curriculum. Um, primary teaching is unique because you need to become jack of all trades um, <laughs> and you you become a master of one or two. But, you know, you do have to learn uh, various um, elements of that purity of knowledge. Um, so, you know, with, with mathematics, for example, you know, you really look at how uh, children kind of form those connections with mathematical ideas, for example, and how that builds over time. So that's kind of the purity of the knowledge um, that 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 I felt was important to kind of add add within the context that foundational knowledge ideas. Um, then you have to kind of frame the conversation around what the current framework teachers are using to um, deliver the curriculum content and what how schools are developing their curriculum um, content as well. And that's from our national curriculum provision and um, the, the, the aims of the national curriculum, but also the, the programs of, uh, of study that, that each teacher has to use to develop their, their kind of, you know, approach and um, how it progresses over time and how those skills are progressed over time as well. So that was a key a component um, of the of the book as well in terms of how we looked at that and there are you know worked examples that that colleagues have put in there as well and then we 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 also looked at sort of how you do it you know so it's not about kind of just just telling you is showing you how you do those ideas giving you those good examples that you can take but actually build on as well that's what every um you know uh, teacher training institution does and and we we felt that you know it was important to kind of give those worked examples to to kind of look at how that how that builds on and as i mentioned before um the the next layer was really looking at the, the pressing issues of our time and uh, bringing in that kind of critical pedagogy 
um, of kind of um, de decolonizing um, the curriculum and what that looks like within each subject. I think it's a unique book um, mm -hmm. in framing those conversations, but also uh, looking at sort of, um, you know, um, climate change and sustainability education and using some of the ideas um, that I've worked on with colleagues. Well, let's talk about this more, because your work with, with climate change and sustainable education has gained recognition not only in the UK, but also on an international level. And perhaps it might be nice just to hear a little bit about what are the essentials for pre-service primary teachers? So one of the key pieces of work that I that I've done with colleagues at the University of Reading uh, was developing a pre-service um, teachers framework um, for um, initial teacher education. And within that, we we really looked very carefully at um, the different kind of layers of um, ideas um, that we needed to have. So we looked at the notion of knowledge and what knowledge looks like um, within the context of, of climate change and sustainability education. One of the reasons mm -hmm. why we um, why we added that um, was um, because um, it's um, it, teachers actually talk about the fact that they want to develop uh, climate change and sustainability education, but they don't have the knowledge. They, they feel fearful of the vast kind of, you know, um, IPCC reporting that comes through um, and they'd like to sort of, you know, um, have that broken down into bite-sized pieces to kind of make sense to them, first of all, and then how that would make sense to, to their pupils as well. Um, I um, so so those those ideas are embedded uh, within within the within the chapter and um, and they are they are built upon. Another key aspect is really thinking about sort of um, attitude, values, and behaviours. So um, you know, as individuals, our value system develops over time, and how we see the world is influenced by our value system. So it's really important to kind of critically examine that. And that's where the kind of critical pedagogical lens comes in uh, to look at climate justice, for example. It, what it might mean to me would be different to what it might mean to you or, or anybody else. So it's really important to kind of think about those ideas and, and, and highlight um, how to frame those conversations. So having debates, for example, and thinking about a, a key idea and, and having those critical debates is important. And then a final piece of the puzzle in terms of looking at um, what kind of ideas is the competencies and capabilities. And these were uh, adopted and, and taken from the UNESCO competencies for education for sustainable development. And we really thought about sort of this notion of the ways of thinking, sort of this critical thinking, system thinking, the antip uh, uh, anticipatory thinking, you know, what might happen in the future if we do this, hmm. if we change our carbon footprint, what might happen? And in addition to um, that level of kind of um, uh, competencies, we also looked at um, uh, pa uh, participating. So how individuals can participate and 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 make change uh, within within their own sort of communities of schools, etc., and ways of being. So this notion of kind of self awareness and this normative ideas of how um, they how they see the world and therefore how that awareness helps them to kind of ripple out their ideas into into their practice 
uh, and, and in their communities as well. Um, but in addition to that, we really wanted to kind of um, get, um, you know, trainees to think about how those ideas uh, would be kind of um, framed um, with with pupils as well. So thinking about sort of this notion of positionality, as I've mentioned earlier, uh, thinking about sort of climate justice, that's a key core component because we yeah. really felt that that intersected and, and sort of, you know, this whole idea of how we see the world and actually how climate justice sort of comes through in all aspects of our lives. Um, and then the, one of the one of the key ideas of building agency with um, with teachers, but also with young people is this notion of action. So what can you do yeah. at a local level that will have an impact, um, you know, on a, on a wider scale as well? So those were some of the key ideas and, and thought processes that when we um, we 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 initially thought about and then we kind of, you know, added it to this this framework um, and thinking and the details are in in the in the chapter Absolutely. Um, to, to I mean, it's it's a lot easier to do that in secondary yeah and primary how how what kind of um essentials could could, you, could we have an example of the kind of classroom essential <laughs> So one of the one of the ways um, that um, uh, children can really think about sort of um, climate justice issues, for example, yeah. is um, showing imagery. So you could have um, two two images um, of a weekly shop, for example. So it could be um, you know different different parts of the world, and and we can start a conversation around around what that means you know so it could be a weekly shop from germany or and a weekly shop from um in morocco for example um and um we can we can have quite quite lengthy conversations around sort of what objects they can see what items they can see um and then you can you can start sort of thinking about okay so how how much do you think that costs you know and how much do you think it costs in morocco and then having those comparisons um, and then we can we can drill drill deeper down into that information and then talk about the ideas of um okay so now let's go and have a look at some data sets of um, the carbon footprint that uh, an average household in Germany uh, might produce to mm -hmm. an average household in Morocco might produce so these um this information is uh, quite easily available so for example in the um, overshoot um data sets in uh, on their website that they're really freely available um and then you can actually do some comparisons uh, within that and then actually if you're going dr drilling even deeper into that so this will be kind of year five year six level work um, you could look at um, the, the idea of actually what's happening in Germany at the moment what are some examples of how the climate um, emergency is affecting people in Germany mm -hmm. and we can compare that with what's happening in Morocco for example so so that's a nice worked example of the kind of ideas that you can do with um, with simple imagery. However, another really key way of developing um, climate um, literacies and sustainability education with, uh, with pupils is actually using the resources that are on the school ground. So, yeah. for example, um, at the moment, I'm, I'm working uh, with UCL Centre for 
called climate change and sustainability education in developing some professional development programs. Just uh, for... I'll let you keep going, keep going. Oh, um, for, 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 primary, for primary mathematics specifically. Mm. Um, and one of the key um, areas that we're focusing in on is kind of connecting with nature and, and thinking about kind of biodiversity. So these are really uh, fantastic ways that you can engage young young pupils. Um, you can take pupils for a nature walk, for example, mm. around the school grounds and get them to um, look at kind of shapes and ideas sort of for, from a mathematical lens, for example. Um, but, you know, to go deeper into that, um, uh, there's a the, the, we're developing an idea of um, creating a project for um, increasing biodiversity within a patch of land uh, within the school grounds. And that's going to be a really interesting piece of work because um, it's going to kind of, you know, uh, take an area that looks a little bit sad and it needs kind of just a little bit more um, invigoration to it and life to it. And um, the, the the children are going to kind of, you know, really be the, the, the curriculum developers in thinking about how they can use data um, uh, to, to kind of, you know, think about what they need to do to increase biodiversity. So there'll be lots of conversations about what biodiversity means from the flora fauna perspective. Uh, they'll have an expert coming in to talk about that. But in addition to that, they'll look at um, local um, uh, uh, local flora that 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 needs to kind of come back into that particular area, for example, as well, and and that's a kind of year long project. Mm. But it's a really good example of how um, children in primary schools can really think about. Uh, first of all, through that project, you're developing your mathematics skills. You know, that's kind of the one of the big aims of the the, the actual module. So it needed to be in there. So it's needed it was really important. But actually. What another really important component is um, around talk and, and discussion. So how can how can talk um, develop this idea of kind of deeper mathematical thinking, but also thinking about kind of sustainability and biodiversity within the school grounds as well. So that's just one worked example that I've given away, which we haven't published yet, but it's a, it's a good way of kind of, you know, uh, framing that conversation as well. It's also wonderful for the for the the learners themselves to have you know to take ownership of a space mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and look after it. it it's um extremely important because some some learners don't have access i mean they might live in flats Definitely. or you know they don't have a garden and it's um it's a really Abs idea Absolutely. And it links in with the um, aspiration of um, the government's uh, National Education Nature Park. So, um, the, you know, that that's really looking at um, the, the, the spaces in the, in the school grounds as a national estate uh, for biodiversity, for increasing biodiversity, uh, which is really exciting. And, and actually, the, the school that I'm working with, I did a, a BIRA funded project uh, with them um, that that sort of linked um, around kind of nature connectedness um, as um, through the arts to mm -hmm. support pupil well-being. Um, so um, it kind of um, it is a is a sort of you know follow on in in a way for some of those people's not all of those people's but that school um, has a um, a living bee sculpture in there as a result of the biodiversity project. <laughs> you know. Um, and they they kind of came up with that idea and that evolved and they built that, you know, they built that 
you know, B, B sculpture and they use it um, as part of the legacy of that project to um, to do some really cool um, curriculum stuff that they developed, you know, mm. and everything. So so there are so many ways that primary schools can um, can really build um, those ideas as well. Uh, but just finally, one one idea that that is quite, um, uh, uh, you know, quite a good one that links in the sustainable development goals um, is that um, to, to link a sustainable development goal uh, with each year group. So, mm -hmm. um, for example, you know, sustainable development goal 13 climate action, yeah. you could link that to year three or year four, whatever. And and then they could they there could be links to curriculum content uh, with that as well. Actually, um, I had a question because obviously, I mean, pardon my um my ignorance because um here obviously in italy we we work towards the the sdgs mm -hmm. and i wanted to ask you how does the uk curriculum fit with mm -hmm. that is it the same or is it are they used or no so in the in the national curriculum there is um very little mention of climate change so it's mentioned um in um geography and in science um so i think there, there there is that's part of the issue why teachers feel quite anxious about um how they want how they need to teach it because they the, the guidance isn't there yeah. um so unfortunately the sustainable development goals aren't explicitly embedded within within the within the framework of the national curriculum and that's something that um is um it is an area of need so uh, one of the one of the ways um that um that that actually um like i mentioned with the example earlier one of the ways um that sustainable development goals can be built in is actually the schools having the autonomy to do that themselves and schools are working on that but actually there needs to be a collective effort um uh, and a uh, and an approach that that kind of sustains it as well rather than, rather than 2030 to get there <laughs> indeed indeed it, it's creeping indeed. up quite quickly it is it is yeah. We've, you've given some really positive examples um in your in your experience what challenges do educators commonly face i think it's sort of what we're talking about now when they're integrating it into existing frameworks so um one of one of the key things is lack of knowledge so lack of subject knowledge so um, not having the insight or understanding how um, elements of um, of climate change and sustainability education can be uh, built into an area of the curriculum so for example there are uh, uh, at the uh, center for climate change and sustainability education we're also developing the english content at the moment so my colleague is developing the english content as well and 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 when you're teaching the English curriculum in primary education, you might not think there are links to how to how to build that in, but actually, uh, you know, uh, persuasive writing and kind of you know that that sort of uh, embedding ideas into sort of um, children's literature that you can take a an extract from a from a piece of work and actually look at what's happening within that context and and you know are there any elements in there that can give us some information about what's happening to the climate in that space and time as well 
Um, so, so there are some really um, so, so those that's part of the challenge that that teachers don't have the 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 kind of the the resource available to them in order to teach it effectively. I think another another area that teachers uh, mention is um, linked to that is um, uh, having really carefully curated professional development opportunities. So um, teachers. Um, in um, in the recent um, survey that the Centre for Climate Change um, and Sustainability Education at UCL did, teachers actually, uh, you know, explicitly talked about the fact that they would love to be teaching it in a in a in a systematic and connected way, but they just simply haven't had the training, you know, to mm. to to do it at at pre-service level and actually in service as well. So that that's another challenge that they face and. And one of the final challenges that keeps coming up over and over again is this idea of time, you know, so and, and actually the, the, the kind of the denseness of the curriculum content and where can they fit it in. So in a way, the conceptualization at the moment for many teachers is that it's an add on rather than an integrated component. Shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. So 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 that's what we're trying to build on within um, the, the different uh, professional development um, uh, programs that we're developing for teaching for sustainable futures at UCL to 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 support teachers to look at okay well we've given an example of history but but that actually can link in with with many aspects of of, um, of everyday sort of thinking that you mm. do with your with your pupils and how to how to build those ideas um, further as well. Wonderful. Um, I think we will just take a quick break there and um, have a, a message from our sponsors and we will be right back with Nasri. And welcome back. I was just thinking during the break about um, the similarities that I'm finding here in Italy. I, I was in Bolzano a couple of weeks ago for a conference and I just touched on a few of the SDGs. And at the end of the workshop, the teacher actually said, thank you so much for covering that because we just don't do enough of it in, mm. and this is, I mean, the English language teaching and there's so much that you can sort of use. Mm -hmm. Uh, but mm -hmm. not enough, I, I don't think not enough is being done here mm -hmm. as well. So we will probably be looking to you <laughs> for advice, I think there's, support. <laughs> there's lots of there's lots of ways we can incorporate them in. And I think that's that's what we're aiming and mm -hmm. uh, striving to do. And I suppose um, the question that I was going to ask you is what innovative teaching methodologies or programs have you developed? It's obviously work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, what about student engagement? Yeah, so I think that's an area that um, can only be um, thought through and, and done through kind of embedding and thinking about kind of research ideas and how research kind of informs that, that level of thinking. So um, children are really engaged with this work, you know, so my Bira project kind of demonstrated um, how um, children uh, really want to think about 
um, the environment in a in a connected way and what that looks like for them as well. Um, so um, it was really interesting at the starting point of that project where we collected some pre-data and post-data to kind of do some comparative work. And, um, you know, children were, um, you know, um, not going out in the environment enough and not not sort of um, engaged with it at that level. However, you know, um, a really simple starting point with that particular project was a nature walk and, and what that felt like. And they they took their iPads with them. They took photographs of anything that they wanted to close up from a from a mouse's perspective, for example, or from a bird's perspective, which would have been quite challenging, but we got them to imagine what that might look like as well. So, so actually, the, the the way we connect with nature is through our senses and actually through how we feel about uh, what we see and and what that means to us, and through our conversations with 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 an individual as well. So, so that that level of um, work with the children is actually really, really important to uh, start to get them to think about how, um, you know, how we're connected um, to, to the earth and, and therefore, you know, what we need to do to kind of take care of it uh, for the long term future as well. So that's one element in terms of kind of the biodiversity element as well. Another area that that children perhaps really struggle with is this um, thinking around uh, consumption and what that might look like as well. So I know schools have been doing this for years in terms of looking at kind of recycling practices and children are really used to that. And that's a fantastic way of starting those conversations about kind of um, uh, you know, the, the three R's um, as well, but um, you know, there's more to it as well. So, so thinking about um, I don't know, um, I'd like everybody to bring an item of clothing um, in, you know, their favourite item of clothing, and we're going to have a conversation about that. So actually, through that, you can you can you can weigh the, the piece of clothing, you know, and then you can kind of look at, OK, well, well, let's go onto this website and work out the carbon footprint of this piece uh, of this item of clothing. Mm. And there are sort of child friendly sites that I've been researching because I'm putting yeah. that into my into my work. Um, that you can you can use and then we can kind of um, then we can um, also then kind of say okay well let's think about how much water is is being used to to produce this item as well so again that's a really good conversation about what impact has that had locally where this item was produced in order for you to kind of kind of consume it so it, again sort of thinking about individual kind of consumption and the impact that we're having is a uh, is is a good way of kind of really starting that conversation from a personalised approach as well. So um, children are children really want to develop those ideas. Children actually feel quite anxious about what they see on a day to day basis in terms of the climate breakdown. And you know, as you know, this notion of climate anxiety is very much kind of. Um, here now uh, but if we if we work with children and get them to look at um, climate change and sustainability as an embedded part of curriculum content then that's that's the way forward in 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 them acknowledging and actually accepting the fact that this crisis is here it's going mm -hmm. to stay actually going to be part of my future as well and I can be I can be the change maker I can be the innovator I can I can actually you know be part of the solution as well so and I think that's a really powerful powerful thing um 
another sort of good example on so many, on so many i mean clothing is is yeah, you know exactly. one of the <laughs> yes. consumption of clothing uh are things that if we start talking about it from a very early age mm -hmm. we can make a huge difference mm -hmm. i sort of think when you go when they're going to become teens and mm -hmm. you know fast fashion is it's yeah. um it's not healthy. absolutely and and you know there are there are opportunities uh, for um, schools to kind of engage in carbon literacy projects with their pupils as well. So this school that I'm a, a partner with as part of the UCL's uh, school partnership with the Climate Centre, um, the, the, the children in Year Four they all have um, a carbon literacy training um, through the Green Schools Project. Um, and that's a wonderful way of them looking at, for example, a sandwich and, and the carbon <laughs> footprint of that sandwich, et cetera. You know? So these are sort of real examples, everyday examples. And there's like, there's literacy involved in that. There's mathematics involved in that. There's so much, so many different ideas involved in that as well. And my kind of real ambition is to, get children to think of the school as a system and how everything connects up how the community connects up how the how the how the kind of natural landscape connects up to 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 enable this habitat to work in a in a in a symbiotic kind of you know way mm. um in order for children to kind of you know continue to develop those skills for the future as well very much yeah and it's a link to the well-being community as well there, there's quite a lot of crossover there yeah um how do you navigate the balance between scientific rigor and age-appropriate educational content when you so that that's a really tricky um tricky i you know tricky idea and and that's where teachers actually you know when they give us uh, qualitative feedback on on surveys they actually mention that as well so one of the key ways to develop knowledge with teachers is is taking the IPCC reporting, which is kind of, you know, the, the, the gold standard of what the information out there is around climate change um, and breaking it down. So the UNESCO, it's gone blank. Yeah, so UNESCO's Office for Climate Change, sorry, excuse me, um, they have um, they have created some fantastic resources breaking down the science and making it sort of um, um, breaking it down and making it accessible absolutely to for teachers and that's um, that's something that I draw upon when I work with teachers to really get them to think about okay well this is what they're talking about in terms of um, the climate breakdown and the flooding that's happened and a real lived example is the flooding that happened in Pakistan a couple mm -hmm. of, you know last year etc but how how do we break it down for a year, group of year six pupils let's have a look at this resource in order for us to kind of you know think about uh, localized information um within your school um within your school kind of you know um catchment to 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 think about those ideas as well so then we can look at data sets of rainfall locally um and then use that information to uh think about um you know the the projection of potentially you know flooding in that particular area as well mm. um yeah so that, that's just one example of how you know teachers can um look at that in a 
in a more sort of uh, broken down way as well. Yeah, um, it's great that there are these fabulous resources. We might mm. need to maybe when we upload the yes the podcast, if we could add a few, because I'm sure that teachers listening would really um, really love to to be able to have a look at. That Definitely, be very happy to pull that to all together for everyone. That would, yeah. be one, that would be really, really. I mean, obviously, the book has pretty much everything mm -hmm. you, you need, but mm -hmm. I think there are other resources that, that um, teachers are always looking when they have time. Mm -hmm. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Or for reliable resources more than anything, mm -hmm. having it broken down and made age appropriate means. Um, mm -hmm means a lot, particularly at primary level. Um, could you just share um, an example of a successful interdisciplinary approach to incorporating climate change and sustainability into educational curricula? So I'm going to go back to my nature connectedness project, actually, oh. um, because that had many different layers of uh, thinking um, and it did incorporate different areas of the curriculum. So it was a really good example of how different areas of the curriculum can, can, be, um, can be used to kind of connect up to form conversations um, in the area. So, um, so like I said, it was an art-based approach. So children kind of um, had a whole range of different um, ideas linking to art, sort of sculptures, um, they, um, you know, took photographs, etc., and they observed and they 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 noted those ideas down. So they so they built their literacy skills by speaking and actually, you know, uh, writing detailed information about the different episodes of learning that happened as a result of that as well. Um, there was a design and technology um, element to the um, to the actual project as well because um, I mentioned the the bee uh, sculpture <laughs> earlier. Um, I, I might sort of um, add a photograph of that at the end, <laughs> people can actually see it. Um, but um, that um, was conceptualised through um, getting children to design um, dens, so uh, dens in nature and and then different kind of elements of that in terms of the robustness of, of those particular structures was used um, later later on in in the in the design of, of the bee as well. Um, and one of the one of the really key elements of that particular project was ch children kind of designing and developing their own curriculum content. So um, they did that through um, uh, open conversations with each other in in kind of focus groups that we led. But they they facilitated. Um, we kind of you know we were the facilitators, but they led them themselves essentially. Um, they did lots of kind of you know. Um, uh, mind mapping, so developing kind of um, skills of um, writing and thinking about their ideas and what that will look like as curriculum content as well. Um, and then they actually, you know, uh, developed um, uh, developed kind of instructional um, information for each um, activity that they developed as a result of that. And the final kind of um, crescendo of that activity was um, getting them to incorporate kind of um, um, IT skills essentially mm. um, and um, and and kind of you know they they created their own videos of instructions for uh, for each of those different activities you know and and that yeah. was the kind of uh, longevity <laughs> of that particular project 
and 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 as I as I said that project was very much kind of um, conceptualized in getting children to um, uh, think about their well-being and actually you know feel more comfortable with um, you know understanding the, the the climate crises and and actually you know knowing different elements of things that they can they can do in order to make some change as well and that particular work um, was inspired by the work of Professor Nicola Walsh, um, who is the executive director of the Climate Centre at UCL, um, where she talks about this idea of eco capabilities and the different capabilities that children can can develop um, if we if we support them in connecting with nature and what that might look like. So the the, the project kind of drew upon that that kind of research and and got them to um, and and we we were able to highlight some of the key. Um, capabilities that the children developed as a result of that as well. So hopefully I've, I've been able to kind of give some oh, yeah. examples of the different kind of um, skills that the children developed. It links quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm a bit conscious of time. Mm -hmm. and I know that you wanted to talk um, about decolonization. No, I, my first question for you would probably be how can pre-service teachers be supported to start conversations about decolonization? This is a really challenging area in terms of um, what the what the landscape looks like. And from my own kind of experience, this is not a research, um, I haven't done research in the area, but through working with teachers and for example, the, the maths content that I was working with teachers mm. and we looked at kind of where um where where we can incorporate sort of elements of decolonization within the within the mathematics curriculum um they would feel that they might not be able to have those conversations in school and what that might look like for embedding um those ideas as well so i think it's really important to kind of um get um um you know uh, pre-service teachers to think about um what schools are doing at the moment so that's an honest conversation to have with with schools because actually all schools are working in this area in an authentic way to really inform change and that change comes from uh, perhaps the student body as well so my advice would be to actually work with work with your pupils and actually get them to um pose some of those questions to them what would you like to um see in in the in the curriculum content you know and and what that might what what might that look like uh, for you as well and then using those ideas and taking them back um in teams and having a discussion around that and uh, and shaping curriculum um as a result of that is a really important component i i feel um in in quite a complex area because there's quite a lot of resources that are coming through and emerging in um in the in the space of of decolonization but i i personally feel it's got to be done quite authentically from sort of each school's context and what that looks what like for them as well what's it, what does it mean to you for me it means um repre representation so i need to see myself in um in the curriculum that i'm learning and the curriculum that i'm teaching i also um see it as an acknowledgement of um what um what 
what the legacy is of um, colonization uh, and what that means to different populations in the world and, and what that means um, in a classroom context in, uh, in modern Britain today. Mm. So if we're talking about, let's say, um, in the primary curriculum, we look at World War II, we look at that in quite, quite significant detail. So um, actually, World War II was fought um, by, the, um, by, by, by the British Empire you know the, the the sort of you know the, the empire and, 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 and <laughs> absolutely absolutely Australia, so, so Australia is still a colony yeah 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 so so what does that look like you know mm. and 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 actually my grandfather um fought in fought in world war ii uh, but i never i never heard about sort of the the, the sort of the, the the part that the indian army and and different mm. groups played in that as well so I would I would like to see that so that the future generation actually can see themselves in the in the curriculum and actually can can actually acknowledge and move forward with their thinking as a result of that because otherwise we're we're stuck in this space where there is um, a lot of um, uh, sort of um, discussion that doesn't move forward so um, I'm not articulating this well because I find it quite challenging as well um, that um, if we're going to continue to say um, uh, you know colonization was wrong um, you know we know that but I wasn't there when that happened you know it can be quite challenging and tricky to to hear that but if we're going to say okay well let's take um you know uh Paulo Ferreira's pedagogy of the oppressed and let's read that and and look at how we can reframe our conversations around curriculum content and and what that means from a critical perspective um we acknowledge everything that's happened but we're we're going to work together as a team as a collaborative group of colleagues to to move things forward but most importantly we're going to work with our students to empower and enable them to build those conversations with us as well. Thank you. Um, that's that's really, really helpful. And I'm sure our listeners will really, really appreciate having that. Um, I think, how does the book support pre-service teachers to start developing decolonizing practices in their work? I think there are elements in each chapter um, which um, talks talk about um, decolonization and what that looks like within that within that curriculum area mm -hmm. um, and therefore it really supports um, trainees to kind of you know let's say um, you know um, mathematics what what does uh, what does that look like in a, in a mathematics context and actually there's 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 a whole plethora of work that has been developed uh, from mathematicians uh, that are not represented in the curriculum uh, who are from uh, the, the global south and mm. actually let's incorporate all those elements in when we're having those conversations when we're talking about an element of mathematics like algebra you know the origins of algebra are from uh, are from the arabic kind of you know mathematicians so so, so those are kind of at a simplistic level that that that's those are the ideas that that you know trainees can can look at and and start thinking about um, as well. But then they can use the ideas within the book, within the chapters, and kind of say, "Oh, I really like that idea. I'm going to try it out." 
Um, but also, I'm actually going to drill deeper and look at more opportunities and how I can incorporate those ideas. So there are seeds in there that are already sown, but there are also seeds in there that's, uh, that trainees can take away themselves and actually sow and, and bear fruit as well. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, nothing. What are your plans for the future? So, uh, I mean, I am working in an exciting department um, at UCL. Um, my my main uh, sort of area of teaching is um, on the MA in education. Um, I've already kind of started to incorporate the the climate change and sustainability work um, with 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 our MA uh, program. But in addition to that, um, the, the, the work at the Climate Centre, the Centre for Climate Change and Sustainability Education at UCL is kind of the pivotal piece of um, work that I'm that I'm developing at the moment. So the, um, the, the teaching for sustainable future content that I'm supporting developing. But in addition to that, there are there are many other kind of uh, projects and opportunities uh, that that brings um, in um, developing more research in the area uh, to inform practice as well. So um, I'm I'm sort of trying to conceptualize what subject knowledge looks like from a mathematics lens for climate climate change and sustainability education. So uh, that a conceptual frame. Uh, framing of that. Um, so, so there's little projects that are, um, you know, uh, in the background and in the foreground as well at the moment, uh, linked to research um, and linked to sort of content development um, in the space of, uh, of uh, climate change and sustainability education. Wonderful. And um, should our listeners want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? They can they can just uh, pop my name in a search engine and uh, hopefully my UCL profile will come up um, and my email is there. So it definitely does. I know it does. Yeah. <laughs> so they can they I'm, I'm always very happy to, um, you know, uh, for people to get in touch with me um, and uh, share share my thoughts and ideas um, if I can. Yeah, and they can maybe share theirs as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, together we, we can only be stronger. And um, your book, should they wish to purchase it? Yes. So the book's available on um, on on any any sort of platform where you can buy books. So, um, for example, well, obviously it's on the, it's on Sage's website. Um, you can you can buy it from Waterstones as well and order it. Um, and it's also available um, on platforms like Amazon, etc. As well. So, if you pop in pop in the search engine, the title, um, there'll be lots of different options, um, and it will come up. And I hope you um, really enjoy. Uh, working with the book and uh, and gain lots of insight from it. I'm sure they will. I've I have was lucky enough to have a um, have a copy to um, to prepare for the interview. And Wonderful, absolutely. Um, just just wonderful. Just and, and also I think um, even when you're on a teacher training course, you do get your input, but having something to then when you've got a question to go back to and really all the all the answers to questions are there aren't they yeah and the 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 really nice way of kind of that interaction that we've tried to have with the reflective questions etc as well 
and and it was it was um it was quite um you know personally it was a it was a really um kind of a tipping moment in my career really of you know developing the piece of work um and that's why i've dedicated it to three mentors um who um kind of i started my teaching career with so uh so it's uh, it, it was it was quite a you know a moment for me to kind of really develop this piece of work with with my colleagues who collaborated with me as well no and just such a so so many different areas yeah all in one it's um it's excellent thank you thank you so much for coming and, thank you so much and it has been i think we could keep talking for another we hour probably. <laughs> <laughs> um so if you'd like to come back and let us know what's happening a bit further down the track i'm very very curious to know and um, again thank you for coming on the show it's been an absolute delight talking with you Oh, thank you so much, Jane. I'd I'd love to come back and um, have an, have another focus, perhaps just you know purely on the Maybe on the when centre. You, when yeah. you finished, um, yeah, this batch of research, if you would, yeah. that would be wonderful. That would be lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Live. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.